Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast, a podcast designed for you with insights from fellow members as well as NFP and Partners Financial experts. Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Kristen Boulat, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Cindy Davis, who is an underwriter extraordinaire with expertise in foreign national and international um, underwriting, and Matthew Douglas, who is our business development rock star, who also is very excellent at helping clients navigate as they they look for life insurance in the international and foreign national space. So Cindy and Matt, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. We're here to talk about underwriting people who are not necessarily U.S. citizens or resident aliens, green card holders. So Matthew, can you sort of just walk us through what that means? What makes someone a foreign national and what makes them an international and how do we decide which direction we should be heading? Absolutely. Yeah, and thanks so much for having us. Um, I think the first thing that we always try to determine is what, what world we're operating in, for lack of a better word. And uh, this is always important because it, it lets us know what vehicles we have at our disposal. Um, so it's always key to determine if we're operating in what we call the foreign national space or if we're operating in the true offshore or true international space. And so this really comes down to nexus. And so nexus can really be uh, broken up into uh, a few different, different things. It comes down to uh, the bank accounts that they have here in the United States, how much time they're spending in the United States, uh, the property that they might own here in the U.S., um, ownership or working for a U.S. company, or even having kids in the in the United States. And, and there's other types of things that might fall into that, but that's really the backbone uh, that can really help to establish whether we're dealing with uh, the foreign national space or the, uni- or the, uh, the true offshore Bermuda-based uh, offering. Um, for the purposes of this discussion, I think we're going to really focus on the foreign national space. So we're looking at really U.S. domestic product here. Um, And I think that's where we're going to spend most of the time discussing today. Thanks, Matt. That's a helpful um, way to understand the difference between the two. Cindy, when you have someone who has gone through the nexus analysis that, that Matt just walked us through and has decided that there is enough nexus that they can be considered foreign national and qualify for insurance from U.S. carriers, the ones we all know and love, why would they, what are some of the reasons they'd be interested in that U.S.-based insurance? Yeah, well, um, the dollar has always been considered a strong currency. So um, having a, a U.S.-based policy, a lot of countries just have very unstable currency. So um, you know, the United States has some of the best insurance in the world. And, and, you know, if they can qualify for U.S. coverage, they definitely want to go that route. Um, you know, the A lot of times their children come here for university and they may be the ultimate beneficiary. And um, foreign nationals do not have the same estate tax rules that U.S. nationals have. So they only have a $60,000 exemption. And often um, they're not aware of that and they really need the life insurance to cover their estate. Yes, that that is a big difference between 60,000 and several million. They also don't have the ability to inherit from a citizen spouse with the marital deduction exemption like you do if you have two U.S. citizens. So 
as we like to say, life insurance is an excellent answer to both of those problems. Um, so let's jump right into it and talk about some of the cases. I find that the easiest way to understand what we're talking about is to hear the I got a guy story. Cindy, so let's talk about um, somebody who come into the U.S. to qualify. Are there specific requirements that a carrier might have for U.S. life insurance? Are there different sort of health requirements that the carrier might have? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, every carrier is just slightly different on their guidelines, and that's really what we're here to help navigate to find the right fit with the right carrier. Um, some require that the bank account be established for six months. Some, it's just a few weeks. Some, you know, it's how long are they in the United States before they can qualify. Um, most carriers have age limits. It's, you know, 20 to 70 or 75. So maybe your client's 72 and, and only has a couple of options. Um, ownership is a big one. Um, how, you know, do they allow individual ownership or does it have to be a U.S. owner, which would typically be a trust or a company like a key man coverage? And then most of our carriers only allow you to be rated up to table four and no living benefits. So, no LTC, um, that type of thing. What would you do if you had somebody who was maybe rated a little bit higher than table four? Yeah, so we had an interesting case. Um, it was for a key man coverage for a U.S. company. And this particular client lived in France. And France is one of the countries that's very specific on their um, citizens not being allowed to purchase coverage outside of France. So a lot of carriers are very conservative about um, issuing coverage on French citizens. And then a lot of U.S. carriers do not like to issue term coverage on non-U.S. people. But um, we did have a, a couple of, we, we honed it down, you know, found a couple of choices. And really, we only had one U.S. carrier that would allow French citizen term coverage and, you know, was a fit. Um, unfortunately, that client ended up being rated table five or six, and so then we lost that option. But because we do have these international offshore um, contracts, we were able to then pivot and get him coverage through one of those where it's just normal underwriting for them, and he was able to qualify just not using the U.S. company as the owner. If you have somebody that, say, is working for a company that's based in the U.S., but they're not necessarily a U.S. person, and we, you know, we're in such a digital global age and with the pandemic, things have gotten more electronic. Can, can, you know, can we just send the client the applications that they need while they're in their home country? And can they go to their local doctor and pee in a cup and get life insurance? <laughs> yes, we get that question all the time. Um, unfortunately, because these policies are registered in the United States. Um, there are very strict solicitation rules and everything regarding the solicitation has to happen in the United States. So of course, during COVID, that's been a huge question and, and we get that a lot. Um, with COVID though, we have had, you know, some carriers are going to more e-delivery or things like that. If a US trust is owning the policy, you know, the client doesn't necessarily have to stay here for the entire process. Um, we did have one carrier at times, you know, really we don't have many inspection reports anymore, but um, at, at a time when the client had to be called, you know, that was sometimes an issue and, you know, one carrier was okay with it and the other was like, no, even the call has to happen here. So, um, yeah, it really does have to, everything has to happen in the United States with some minor exceptions for delivery. 
What about somebody who has moved to the U.S., but they haven't necessarily been in the U.S. very long? I think you're telling me about an interesting case with unusual assets as well. Yeah, yeah. So we had a client. He was the grandson of a very, very renowned world-known um, artist and um, had moved to the United States, was running an art gallery, actually, in New York. Um, so we had restrictions because it was a New York policy and he hadn't been here very long. So a lot of carriers were uncomfortable with that. And although he had a very high net worth, he had inherited quite a bit of artwork from his grandfather. Um, it, it wasn't very uh, liquid. And, and of course, he was starting a family and um, we really wanted to provide, you know, we didn't want if something happened to him for her to have to sell off the artwork to, you know, keep their lifestyle and everything else. So um, we really had a difficult time finding the, the right fit right away because, you know, he he hadn't been here long. He was a Henry, you know, higher earner, not rich yet on his own. But, you know, he did have substantial uh, assets. And, um, you know, one carrier was just completely uncomfortable. But then, you know, we went to another carrier that was like, love this case. Perfect. You know, completely understood the, the concept and, you know, issued him as, you know, best class right away. So. Um, finding the right fit is what we're really here to help with. Wonderful. Um, and Matthew, as you do your business development work and you work with our member firms, is there something specific that they should be looking for if they're looking for a foreign national case or if they come across someone who seems to have more global ties? What should they be looking for? Are there additional questions to ask, information to gather from that individual? I think just finding out the client's overall situation, um, one of the things that's definitely stood out to us is that as we, we've we learned that the, the world is getting smaller, um, you know, commerce is definitely breaking down barriers and the life insurance industry is no different. So we're seeing a lot more uh, global citizens and uh, they're certainly moving to the United States. So a lot of that wealth is coming to the United States. And uh, also in the uh, the true international uh, space, so not just U.S. product, but also the Bermuda-based offerings, which are dollar-denominated, uh, and they're also built off of U.S. Uh, products. So they're very similar to the UL, B, uh, sorry, UL, IUL, Whole Life, GUL, and term-based offerings that we see in the U.S. And so it's another opportunity for them to be able to tell the same story that they. Uh, are telling for their domestic clients, uh, but be able to offer them for true international clients. So if they're working with a CPA or a COI that has these types of uh, international clientele, um, they're not going to be able to get these types of vehicles uh, in their um, in their country of residence. So it is a true di differentiator for them um, and an opportunity for them to really uh, bring additional value where nobody else can. That's great. Cindy, Matthew was talking about global companies and, you know, it being such a, a small world and people really traveling. What are there situations where a U.S. company has, say, foreign nationals or non-residents, non-U.S. persons working for them? Lots of companies have, we've taught them all the value of key man insurance, but is that, are they able to get key man insurance on those non-U.S. persons? Yeah, that's a, a great um, question. We, um, we see this a lot um, and very few carriers will really look at um, 
term coverage on foreign nationals. So um, we we sometimes have a hard fit getting the right the 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 amount of coverage that you need. Um, we had a really interesting case on a Chinese national. Um, she had come to the United States to go to university, got married here, had children here. Um, but she had reason that she needed to go back to China for a period of time and, and work there. Um, and she was running a hedge fund out of Houston, a gas and oil company, very, very um, highly compensated employee. And um, we were able to get a large amount of coverage for her for a key man uh, policy in the United States with the right company. So, um, yeah, that's there's a huge amount of multinational citizens and we find a lot of our true global clients are, you know, they may have two or three passports, they may have homes in multiple countries. So just kind of learning their travel patterns and things like that is really important. Okay. Is there any additional information about a client that would be helpful as you're sort of navigating this process? Um, you know, really just try, trying to find out their travel, their their assets, um, you know, um, premium finance has become a really, you know, interest rates are so low, everyone wants to do that. And for such a long time, um, the U.S. carriers were not comfortable with the foreign nationals being able to premium finance their policies. And that always just seems really strange to me because a lot of the U.S. carriers require that the life insurance be based on their assets already here in the United States. And it was already in a U.S. investment account or bank and um, kind of vetted money, if you will. So, um, you know, we're really happy to see that more and more carriers are allowing premium financing. And, and that's really been uh, important to a lot of our, our high net worth clients. And At the end of the day, their, their tax residency is the chief um, the chief decision maker by the carriers themselves. So tax resin residency is one of the key things that the advisors themselves can find out. Okay, how would an advisor find that out, Matt? Simply by asking the question, where do they file their taxes? <laughs> That's typically the best way to find out. Um, you know, it's not necessarily where they're spending the majority of their time, although that is extremely helpful to find out because it does paint a picture um, but really, where are they filing their tax, their taxes? Where is their tax residency? That's going to be the biggest decider when it comes uh, to the carriers themselves making their decisions. And the decision would be whether they want to offer the coverage and how much they want to offer? Correct. And Cindy, remind me again about ownership rules. So say you have someone who's a green card holder or just has enough assets here, they qualify for U.S. insurance. Who can own the policy? Yeah, there are some carriers that are very strict and want a U.S. owner. So um, most green cards will be considered a true U.S. citizen. Um, but there's a lot of permanent residents that don't have green card status yet. Um, the government is actually quite behind on processing both visa and um, just your your residency status. So um most U.S. carriers require a U.S. owner, so U.S. trust, which there's a lot of other reasons why U.S. trust would be beneficial. But um, but then we have more and more carriers that are allowing um, individual ownership if it's from certain countries, certain situations. It's kind of a figure it out each time. 
Um, but, you know, or, or like we said, Kimi on a U.S. company, because that, again, is a U.S. owner. Okay. All right. Thank you. And Cindy, what would you sort of, is there one key takeaway or piece of advice that you would leave our listeners with as they find themselves coming across these global citizens? Yeah, I mean, just the fact that, you know, don't walk away or think that they can't qualify. Um, we There's more and more, um, yeah, just global citizens that are coming to the United States. And I think a lot of people just think it's too hard to navigate and we're just here to help. We, um, you know, know what can fit. And again, if they can't qualify for the U.S. coverage, we do have the international options. And, you know, the, there's usually someone within the family that can qualify for the U.S. coverage. So, um, you know, we're just here to help. That's great. Thanks. And Matt, what about you? Do you have a, one last takeaway that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Absolutely. My my last bit of, uh, a bit of advice would be to um, take advantage of Cindy uh, and take <laughs> advantage of Cindy's way. expertise. <laughs> Um, you know, Cindy is a wealth of information and, and really, really highly respected within the foreign national and international community, especially on the underwriting side. Um, we've actually gotten to, well, Cindy has gotten to the uh, position where we now have both the international and um, both domestic carriers calling Cindy directly and asking for her perspective and advice when they are looking to uh, either change or amend their foreign national guidelines. Um, so that's the kind of position that that we now find ourselves in. And, and that's a credit to Cindy and the kind of expertise that she's bringing to the table. So um, the I always joke around in this space and say, the answer is always, it depends. Uh, because things are always changing. They've been changing over the last year and a half, as I'm sure everybody can imagine with COVID. But um, I would really encourage everybody to give us a call if you're faced with a situation or if you have a COI that you think um, has the potential to grow in this space. Uh, I really believe that you have the opportunity to um, to benefit and to grow with them in this space by taking advantage of the resources that are available to you here at Partners and the Grazer NFB. And front and center of that is Cindy Davis and her expertise. So uh, please give us a ring and uh, we will help you in whatever way we can. So it sounds to me like if you have a COI that you think could grow in the space or you have some interest in it, you should call Matt Douglas and he'll talk to you about how to grow it. And when you find somebody, fill out a Nexus questionnaire and then send it over to Cindy so she can help you navigate the case. Would you both agree that's the best plan to approach it? <laughs> yep. Thank you. All right. Perfect. Well, now we've got a business plan and a way to attack it. I love it. Thank you both for your time. This has been really wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. NFP and its subsidiaries and companies do not provide legal or tax services. Any statements or opinions concerning legal, tax, or regulatory matters should be interpreted as general observations in our capacity as insurance brokers and risk consultants. Any legal or tax matter should be reviewed with the recipient's qualified legal advisor, accountant, and or attorney. The description of insurance or risk transfer products are subject to the terms and conditions of the specific insurance product. NFP does not warrant the applicability or collectability of this specific insurance for the client situation. 